welcome to the Smart Connector podcast, which looks at the power of connection in business and life. Featuring solo episodes as well as a range of exciting interviews with entrepreneurs across multiple sectors, we offer tips and advice to build your impact, wealth and success, attract others for all the right reasons, and become a Smart Connector, the architect of your amazing business and life. Alford is the CEO and founder of Radical, a full-service digital marketing agency based in Greenville, South Carolina. He's a highly experienced marketing veteran who's had the privilege of working with and guiding brands like Verizon, Lexus, Samsung, Toyota, the NFL, Firehouse Subs, Apple, and many other household names. With two decades of marketing and advertising experience tucked under his belt, Ryan also worked on the original iPhone launch, and he's built two multi-million dollar companies from the ground up by creating radical marketing and exceptional results. He's also the host of the national marketing podcast, The Radcast. In this exciting episode, I talk to Ryan about the power of brand and why in today's super-saturated media landscape, how experiential brand marketing can be the most important differentiator that gets your ideal clients to choose you first. We also talk about the power of podcasting, why you must pay to play to scale your business through marketing, and about the social media platforms you just can't afford to ignore today. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Smart Connector podcast. I am so excited to be interviewing Ryan Alford today. Welcome, Ryan. It's great to have you here. Jane, thanks so much. I'm excited to be on the show. And you have an incredible boutique, full-service marketing and advertising agency that's in South Carolina. Is that right? That's right. I've had the pleasure of working all across the country, but I am from Greenville, South Carolina, which is part of the upstate. It's a booming little metropolis here and we've got a full service agency. We're still pretty boutique, I would say, with the the clients that we have and and we're trying to keep it a, a little bit on a more personal level, but yes, we're the one of the fastest growing agencies in the southeast. That's amazing. And you're also a veteran podcaster. You've been doing it for so long, haven't you, Ryan? Yeah, I'm almost 10 years in some format. Our podcast, The Radcast, is teetering on top 100 in the Apple marketing podcast list. And we've been doing that for three years, but I've done several along the career journey, some in the car business, doing some car marketing and different things. So that was called iDrive On Demand. And I've had the, you know, the itch, I guess, get the word out there for a while and just embrace podcasting early. Yeah. So what is it that you love about podcasting? You're obviously a big fan of it if you've produced serial podcasts. You, you must find it quite addictive. I know I do. I do. You know, I'm a curious creature. I think mm-hmm. that's partly why I'm in marketing and, and advertising. You know, I think it's, you know, I have this human curiosity about me, about brands, about people, consumer behavior. And I think podcasting is an outlet for me to talk to people, to ask questions that I have. It keeps me knowledgeable. It keeps me on my toes as far as talking to others to get dynamic perspective. You know, we're fortunate now with the Radcast to get the the who's who pretty much of who we want mm-hmm. uh, on the show. It sometimes takes some time, as you know, with scheduling and things, but yeah. we can get them on. And so it kind of fills 
the niche of my curiosity while while kind of constantly learning from others as an outlet versus kind of consuming content. I just like to get them on and talk to them. And it's been also surprisingly a great business development tool. (laughs) Yeah, I, I really agree with that. And I think it's fantastic for developing a high level network. And of course, relationships are important in business, aren't they? Oh yeah. It's, and that's, that's probably a key point that I left out with relationship building. It allows us to start and have a relationship with either customers or, you know, or products or solutions or people that we're talking to before we even talk, because they get to know me. Mm-hmm. And as you know, it's such a human dynamic. You know, they learn my personality before they even talk with us if it's a, a customer, but also it just, Again, I we have so much dynamic guests on. You never know who they know, what they know. And starting that relationship by having that one-to-one dialogue, you just never know what that leads to. It kind of, I, I like to use the notion, and people talk about this all the time, creating space. By doing these things and forcing yourself into schedules where you have guests and things like that, not because you don't want to do it, but just making the time, mm-hmm. creating space for those relationships to start and nurture is just such an important part of it. You know, I love the way that you describe that, the idea of having space, because I think a lot of good things start from space, don't they? You have to create space in your life for good things to happen, space in your business for good things to evolve. So yeah, that's a great way of describing it. And I think it's intentionality. It's like we all want to do things and we all have grand plans and all of these things, but as life goes on and gets busy, It's just kind of being intentional with giving yourself that opportunity for things to happen. Yeah, indeed. So you've been a marketer for two decades. So there isn't much about marketing. I know marketing is evolving constantly, but what would you say your biggest insight has been in your entire career about marketing or within marketing? What's interesting is my career has transcended the what I would call the analog period, the traditional uh, advertising and medium Mm -hmm. of print, radio, outdoor, TV, as we knew it 20 years ago, to this digital space. I've kind of worn both hats. I consider myself a techie and a digital guy now because I embraced it early once it started happening. But I kind of have been on both sides of it in my marketing career. And digital opened up a lot of opportunities for brands and for, for businesses. And it certainly equaled or opened the playing field because TV and mass advertising was so expensive 10, 15 years ago. It's still expensive, but digital kind of opened and democratized that to a way. But the one thing that I've kind of held true to, it's kind of been at my core in evaluating the business and, and the marketing landscape as I've come through it. And I think Interestingly enough, everyone I talk to, it's coming full circle and it remains true. And that is the power of a brand is still the number one asset that a company can have. And in absent of being a true category creator, i.e. an Uber or insert brand here that's like created a category, created demand immediately because they had such a revolutionary product. Mm -hmm. The brand plays such an important role in the consumer mindset. And I've been reading a lot lately 
about this notion of, of double jeopardy in marketing, which actually oh. validates the importance of brand, which is if you do not have a penetration awareness, customer loyalty really doesn't matter because as penetration awareness and brand authority rises, customer loyalty comes with it. Because there's been this age-long debate, and I've always been someone that defended customer loyalty, but the reality is the power of your brand, the power of your awareness is so much more important in the grand scheme of all of those things that I think as we've had all this growth marketing and performance marketing talk that's happened, that's kind of been the last 10 years and people thought they could scientifically find their way into this, the power of branding has never been more important. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's a very important point that you make and also about the democratization of uh, marketing because the entry costs, of course, are a lot lower. So with that, the noise rises. And I guess it, in a way it stands to reason, doesn't it, that brand is the one differentiator, well, the biggest differentiator of all. So is it because brand hits emotion? Is that the reason why it's important? I mean, what does brand actually mean to you, Ryan? It's a lot of things. You know, historically, people think of branding and they think logo, colors, mm -hmm. and, and those kind of things. And for me, it's not only an emotional play, but it's also so much deeper than that from, I call it removing friction from doing business with you. And that's a very broad 70,000 foot view of it. But what branding does is it, it creates this connection with the consumer but it, it transcends now just the look, feel, and emotion, and now gets into how they do business with you. You think of Amazon, and you think of what they've done with e-commerce and their brand, and you think, well, how do I feel about Amazon as a brand? And you don't immediately think about their logo or their colors or their devices necessarily. You think about e-commerce, how easy it is, the experience that it is with them. And so it's very unique depending on the brand, but it transcends anything more than just the look and feel and more into the overall business experience that you have with that brand. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I think particularly since lockdown, I've been very conscious of the growth of Amazon and how important it has been in how ubiquitous it has been really for everybody. And it is as you said, a totally experiential thing, isn't it? The, the brand of Amazon is the experience of Amazon. It is that ease and access to deliverers, home deliverers, and that e-commerce site where you can buy absolutely anything. So yeah, thank you. Now, I wanted to ask you about Apple because you actually worked on the iPhone launch, didn't you, Ryan? That must have been an amazing I experience. It was. I actually was, it was directly through, you know, when you think about these smartphone providers, the reality is they don't work without a network. And I worked on Verizon Wireless Business for, in some way, shape or form, for 13 years. And working for them, it, I worked directly with Apple, Samsung, there was Kyocera back in the day, Motorola, mm -hmm. all of these brands, and was fortunate enough to guide Verizon working in partnership with the manufacturers almost in lockstep because of the the closeness with which these things are tied, especially they were tied in the early to mid-2000s and as the iPhone was launching. And so was fortunate enough to be involved with the iPhone launch directly with Verizon working with Apple and watching that process come together. Apple 
had really hit the market with the smartphone being the first, but it, it went back to, you know, we we're just talking about brand. What they really crushed it was the user experience. You know, smartphones were so complicated and everyone had had a phone that did nothing but call or text mm-hmm. or started to take pictures. And then some of the smartphones started coming out and BlackBerry had its play with being the great keyboard on the device. But Apple really nailed the market coming on with a user experience that was easy to use. Mm-hmm. You have the complexity of all of this capability and Apple you really dialed it in with not only their branding and the beautiful nature of the phone and the device itself, but the user experience was really what some people forget about when this launched and really has been the calling card of Apple and its marketing from the get-go is the not only the sexiness of it, but the actual user experience being so much more dynamic and easier for everyday people to adopt what was a very technical piece of software and hardware. Yeah, and I'm a big Apple user myself, and I've been loyal to Apple ever since the early days. And it was that simplicity that attracted me to the brand in the first place. So do you think that good branding is partly about making complexity simple? Yes, I do. I mean, I think it's one of the crucial aspects. And it's back to what I think all brands have to do. It's back to this notion of removing friction. Mm -hmm. It's naturally, whether it's any product or service, your ability to remove friction at the level with which they engage with your product, how they use it. And you think about Apple or you think about the brands that are winning now. And you think about, think about every time you open an Apple device. How much different is it just opening the box and the things that come with it and the simplicity of that experience versus any other product you've used? Now, some of the products have caught up the last five to seven years. You've seen people finally get the hint here that this is a total experience. It's not just that. But Apple makes everything from the the opening of the device to the instructions of the device And the same thing with other brands that are succeeding, it's really this removal of friction, how they do business with you, how you use their product and the overall experience. And the same thing in website design. The biggest thing we do when we're working with a client Mm -hmm. is how can we remove friction from your customer experience? It's almost like discussion point one with every brand we work with. That is so fascinating. I just love the way that you're talking about that. I've never really thought about it in that way, Ryan, but it makes perfect sense. And just going back to Apple as well, I was also thinking as you were speaking about the experience of going into the stores. And that is also a huge differentiator, isn't it? Because you've got all these cool people hanging around who just want to help you. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. The geeks, as they called them, or I think that was maybe uh, I might be confusing some work I did on Best Buy, but the Apple wizards or something, uh, geniuses, sorry, uh, that's so, so much more Apple. Geniuses <laughs> is what they were in the stores. They would never call them geeks or, uh, or whatever, but that, I think that was uh, at Best Buy. But exactly, look, it transcends the product. Apple has been delivering a total brand experience for customers for decades. Yeah. You know, from in the store packaging design. Yeah software, hardware, top to bottom marketing, it's all been ubiquitous. And that's a brand living and fulfilling it universally. And the brands that are winning now, retail is changing. Obviously, COVID has advanced a lot of these trends. You know, e-commerce has grown more in a year than anticipated in the next seven. Mm -hmm. And so 
you're seeing this fundamental shift in how people buy and explore products. And in the late 2000s and 2010 to 15, you started to see retail becoming kind of where people shop and then they'd buy online. You started to see more people using the, is the showroom and Apple created, you know, where they layered on is they brought geniuses in so that you both bought in the store and you shopped in the store because they made it easy. Yeah, that's right. So are there any other brands that you think are doing it really well at the moment, Ryan? What's interesting uh, about what we're able to do and, and what we're doing at Radical is we're working with a lot of, let's say, medium-sized businesses that are going from good to great. And so we're working with, and I've, I've been benefit of having a lot of these brands actually on the podcast. One of them that's doing it really well, and Will Ahmed, who is the CEO, had him on with Whoop. That's W-H-O-O-P. Mm-hmm. It's a fitness tracker brand. They've signing deals. They've done this by... He did it by creating the world's best fitness tracker. He started at the product level, much like Apple. You create the world's best anything, and it tracks your sleep, you know... And I, back to comparison of Apple is that, you know, Apple has the smartwatch. It's kind of the universal does all these things. Well, Will with Whoop is changing the game because it's truly fitness, sleep and recovery. And he's created a software and a hardware package. And now just organically, NFL players started wearing it. PGA golf players started wearing it. And he learned about this. So now he's turning that into user generated content. They're marrying the software with the hardware, with influencers, with marketing. And you're going to see they already have a multi-billion dollar valuation. And they're really crushing it with their marketing, with their hardware, with their software, and really the entire package of what they're doing. So they're one brand that I would put out there. Another that I would put out there is a good friend of mine, Colin, who's the CEO of uh, Sheets and Giggles. They're a startup brand, but they're selling a million dollars worth of sheets online. And they are really kind of being irreverent and with their approach, but really changing the game and the betting and, and the recovery space. Wow. Well, we'll look out for them for definite, uh, Ryan. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. So I just wanted to talk about social media for a minute. And do you think it's possible to scale through free social media? Or are you just saying, no, you've got to spend the money, you've got to get the paid traffic? You got to pay to play these days. You got to pay to play. (laughs) And I wish it would look 10 years ago on Facebook when you had organic reach where you could make one post that was shared by all your friends, you could reach thousands of thousands of people. You still have that opportunity. TikTok, you still have some of that organic reach out there, but it's quickly shifting to a pay model as well. And so where there is the most eyeballs, you're going to have to pay to get the level of engagement and organic, or excuse me, paid reach that you're going to need. You're just not, about 7% of your followers, 3 to 7%, I think 7% is on the high side, see your posts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> let's say you got, even if you have 5,000 followers, you know, 300 of them probably see one of your posts. And for most businesses, that's not enough to scale, no. not enough eyeballs, not enough impressions. And, and look, there's two parts of media. There's reach, which is what we're talking about right now. And then there's frequency. And so the only way to get reach and frequency is through paid approaches that, you know, there's a reason you see that commercial seven times, or, you know, or a hundred <laughs> times. It's not because they just want to annoy you. 
It's because it entrenches into your brain and it builds awareness and builds preference. And it just, it's the reality of marketing and advertising. Mm -hmm. So when you're working on advertising campaigns for your clients, Ryan, so you're a full service agency. So you work with them on the creative from the ground up and then you'll implement the campaigns and you'll report on them. Presumably you, you do the whole lot, right? Yes. Yeah. Tip to nuts. So what uh, tips would you have in terms of the different platforms, for example, that people are using at the moment for paid traffic? Do you see any that you think are performing better than any others at the moment? If you're a B2B, you need to be on LinkedIn. If you're selling to businesses every day, LinkedIn is expensive, but you can target more dynamically than anywhere else because you can literally get to exactly who you want to target. If you're Selling staffing services, you can get to every HR director in your region. So if you're selling B2B services, you should be marketing, you should be posting content and then remarketing it online. Facebook is still a behemoth. A lot of people like to you know throw the daggers at Facebook. And I don't love every single practice they've ever had, but they're still a behemoth and still the largest player. And still where you can probably get the most reach, depending which kind of scales both B2B and B2C. Instagram, where I probably have the most of my personal branding falling, is still a great place with stories and certain things. But what I tell clients is it's kind of the 80-20 rule because you can get lost in the sauce. There's so many platforms now. It gets overwhelming for brands. And so what I tell people is to focus where 20% of your buyers by 80% of your sales typically. Yeah. Uh, That's almost in every business. So wherever those 20% live, that's where you need to be. Mm -hmm. But I do tell people TikTok's too big to ignore now. Even a year ago, or even eight months ago, I would have told a brand or someone, worry about TikTok later. It's 13-year-olds to 20-year-olds. Don't you worry about it. But it's too big to ignore now. And they do have an improving platform. And you do get the combined organic reach plus the paid reach so that you can reach dynamic targets there. And it's much older than just 20-year-olds or 13-year-olds now. So it is. But again, if it would still come down to that 80-20 rule, depending on where you're at. And you know, the biggest shift of all is what's happening with television shifting to connected TV, streaming TV, YouTube, mm-hmm. and the video platforms that are changing. And so we're helping our clients kind of make those transitions, you know, shifting media dollars from traditional into those more digital video platforms. And the, the last thing I would say is make sure that your content and your creative is what it's supposed to be for the platform. You can't just take the same content and apply it times four the same, and set it and forget it. Unfortunately, you do have to really change the creative based on the platform to get the best reach and the best response. Great advice. And last question about Clubhouse, because Clubhouse is the social media sensation, but it's also very controversial. I know people who say, don't bother with it. It's just, you know, flash in the pan. And other people say, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread and it's fantastic. And so I just wonder what you thought about it, whether you're on Clubhouse and whether you recommend your clients being on Clubhouse. What do you think about it? I think depending on your business, you can still grow there. It's an interesting platform. I mean, it's audio. 
I call it AM radio of the 2020 revolution <laughs> here, like 2021. I mean, because it's really talk radio from it, it, aging myself a little bit from 30 years ago, uh, you know, where you get up and you talk, but you can have people come up on with you. But it's obviously more dynamic than that. But it makes you think of that. I personally think that I can't say whether Clubhouse will be alive in a year. I think it's a bit of a fad that's already started to diminish. You're starting to see it watered down as the masses have come on board. And I was having some very good, I was on the, I'm on the platform. I do get on it, you know, once a week and take a listen. I'm not participating as much. I do think if you have in certain niches, it makes a lot of sense. You can learn a lot. And, you know, I just feel like the quality of the content for me over the last four months has been on a severe decline as you know, I don't know if just network marketers kill everything, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, but it's it started to do that. But look, you could find niche groups. It's no different than like Facebook groups or other things. There's certainly a way, but I think you're going to see whether Clubhouse does this or someone else does it better. I think you are going to see social audio. I certainly think social audio has its place and will be fascinating to watch. And I'm a believer in social audio. Mm -hmm. Whether or not it's Clubhouse and what exactly we see this today is another thing. I think you'll see smaller groups come out of it instead of these thousand people mass things. And so I do joke about it on the podcast every now and then. I, it, it's such a time suck. I, I have a hard time devoting... You know, I'm trying to get stuff done. I'm like, how, what are these people doing all day? I think there are some tricks to it because one of my mentors over here, I know that he really went big on it early on. And it was like, you've been on this room for the last 36 hours. And of course, they've got some behind the scenes things. So they're there with all their other kind of influences. And I think that they manage it so that they, they have their slot, but they're actually up there technically on the stage for 36 hours. So I think that the real influencers, they're very strategic about their time. And it's just maybe other people that haven't quite figured it out that are on there 12 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I think like anything else, you can work the system. I guess at least for me personally, I know I could go on there and sell an empty number of books and courses and all of that. But for my business, it's we're doing better with, I don't know, more organic approaches and more, I don't know, coming on podcasts. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so who are your top clients at the moment then, Ryan? Who are you working for currently and what sort of campaigns are you doing for them? Yeah. The ones that I can name, one of uh, are probably... I don't know if largest, but Ultra Fabrics, which is actually a one of the most premium synthetic leathers. I call it synthetic leather. They don't call it that. I'm going to call it that so the audience understands what it is. It feels, looks, acts, and is very much like leather, but a sustainable product. Their home is, at least business offices are in New York, but they're international. They go in. They were little, you know, their fabrics are in McLaren vehicles, some premium vehicles. And we're assisting them as they're growing into uh, more automotive categories, airlines, art and design, which is like uh, commercial interior designers. We're helping them kind of grow. We, we're their digital agency of record. So we're doing all of their digital marketing and advertising, but really cool brand. They're really pushing hard in sustainability and nice. obviously being... And so that's really important mm -hmm. to us. And they cost a lot of basis and a really just a beautiful luxury brand to work on. Uh, the content's beautiful. And all of the kind of growth they're seeing, they're really doing well. We work with a lot of boutique companies kind of up and coming. I mentioned Sheets and Giggles, who we're starting 
to work with on some video content that's going to be really fun. And it's been, when you think of like Purple and other kind of irreverent brands, I mean, look, our name's Radical. So I tell companies that come to hire us, you didn't come to hire us to do the everyday. (laughs) We'd be letting you down if, if we did that. But we do. We work with some large restaurant groups and certain things like that, which have actually come back pretty well here in the South with luckily with COVID diminishing and helping them kind of return while helping them with online ordering and apps and things like that with the shift that's been going on. We've been really fortunate as a company to kind of grow through all of this. We're working with a company called All About Fabrics, which is an e-commerce brand that's trying to challenge fabric.com for supremacy with online fabric shopping. And so we've built their e-commerce platform and then doing traffic driving things. And we we actually work in, in a lot of capacities. We buy digital media for some of the largest finance companies in the U.S. And from Republic Finance, we've worked with Ameris Bank. We have a lot of niches that we're kind of specializing in from both content development, we've over invested in our content development resources. It's such the future of what it is, whether that's animation, motion graphics, and those kind of things. We get used on a project basis. We're not scared to work in projects. So we're getting kind of tapped from medium to large brands uh, all over the country. Oh, that's amazing. I love the name as well, Radical, because as you said, that's quite polarizing, isn't it? Because anybody that doesn't want a Radical, everybody that wants to sort of, no, I, I want like something safe. They're not going to choose you. Are <laughs> you put your flag in the ground right from the beginning. <laughs> hey, exactly. When we start to go down a path where a client's like going, but should we, hey, look, what, you hired Radical. You know, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> what did you expect? <laughs> yeah, well, it, it makes it more fun for you as well, I would imagine, and for your team, because it's always better to push the boundaries a bit, isn't it? And just, as you said, you're a curious guy. You're interested to explore possibilities rather than just repeat old formulas. Yes. And well, I joke, like we have our company meetings and I feel like my charge is to serve my people. I try to serve them by giving them license to push the boundaries. And literally I joked in like one of our last team meetings, I'm like, I'm going to get licenses made for everyone, like little driver's license that says license to be radical. Like everyone in the room has like push it. Like if it is not expressly forbidden, it is allowed here at Radical. Oh, I like that. <laughs> it sounds like my kind of a company. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> well, Ryan, I just wanted to thank you so much for spending the time with us today. We've had such a fascinating conversation and I just wanted to wish you every success with your business and look forward to seeing you again soon. Jane, it was my pleasure. You're a wonderful, great host and really look forward to staying connected and anything we can ever do to assist you and your team. And I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Ryan. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to rate and review my podcast as it will help me bring the power of connection to the world. I work one-to-one to help entrepreneurs ignite the power of authentic connection in their businesses and lives. I also help them accelerate their results through attracting and converting more of their ideal clients. And if this is something you'd like to do too, why not head on over to www.idealclientsuccess.com masterclass and I'll show you how.